0: I mean, that's why you know, when you look at like a country's energy policy, I mean, you know, every dollar in gas, you know, costs a family of four, you know, three to five thousand dollars. So if you got a good oh energy God. policy, you can lower costs for people and they can afford, you know, they 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 have more money in their pockets. And I think, you know, people have really in the last 18 months seen this and they're like, whoa, wait a minute. You know, are we really heading in the right direction by doing what we're doing? I mean, uh, you know, I, I, again, just to let you know what I do every day uh, is I'm on a lot of calls looking at long-term trends and, you know, the, the, the EV long-term trend, everybody's like, oh yeah, everybody's going to go to electric vehicles. And there's a very, very good money manager. I've used them for 15 years with my client's money. And he did a very deep dive the last year about the total replacement uh, of cars and the life cycle and et cetera. And he's like, people are under the impression that we're gonna go EV in the next 10 years. He's no, we're like, not. it's gonna take <laughs> <Nope>. <laughs>
1: yeah, not, not, it's a, gonna not a goddamn take, chance. Yeah, it's gonna take 50 to 60 yeah. years to get out there. And, and, and not not it, only that, how do you get the batteries? How do you make the right. batteries with fossil fuels? How do right. you get, how do you dig the nickel out of the ground with fossil exactly. fuels?
0: Yeah. Like yeah, I, I do stuff.
1: I do fully support um, investing in EV. I, in, I support investing in nuclear because that's just another market to compete with the oil, to bring the cost right. down. Yeah. Well, back back to your point. But you need I both. You need this, all of them. You need to create the marketplace. You got to create the right. market. You're,
0: you're seeing what's going on in the UK, and all of a sudden, people are saying, well, wait a minute. We need a portfolio of energy. We need yeah, exactly. fossil fuels, renewable, nuclear. Uh, we need a portfolio because if you concentrate all your dollars on one area or the other, and that's what's happened— is that there's been less money spent, uh, you know, in in the fossil fuel area, the last 10 years, Uh, you know, it's gone to, you know, renewables, Uh, it it ain't gonna happen. I mean, our infrastructure is just not there, you know, uh, for example, for every EV, if you buy an EV for your house, it increased your electricity use by 50%. Two EVs in your house, two, two electric vehicles, you would double the electricity that your house uses. Yeah. Our electric grid, look what happened in Dallas, you know, down in Texas, et cetera. It can't California, handle it. So,
1: California yeah, as well. So
0: I, I think what's happening is people are sitting back going, wait a minute, you know, we need a portfolio of energy. We need to, who does energy really affect? It affects the middle class because costs have gone up, uh, you, you know, and it's part of inflation. So what do we do to do this? Well, we got to talk about our infrastructure, Uh, you know, th- there's... It, 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 you know, there's that conversation that is is uh, subliminally happening. I think it's got to be out there a lot more. Like, what do we do, you know, to get the price of you know gasoline back down because that's what you and I pay at the pump every day? well,
1: i I have an idea because um, I, I I agree with you. hundred percent, you know the the that's a piece of the puzzle as to why yeah. gas prices are so high. Supply chain is another reason why gas prices are so high. But gas prices are also so high. Because it's a monopoly, it's also monopoly. Like they're price gouging, they are price gouging. They have admitted they are price gouging.
0: Well, uh, because, I, I'll, and I'll, because they yeah, can't take the other side. Yeah, that it's not so much price gouging. I and, and again, I've done a deep dive on the energy sector. Okay, uh, it is the best performing sector this year. And one of the things that the energy companies used to do is they'd be like, "Drill, baby, drill, 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 drill," and they were drilling all the time and what was happening is they were just spending so much money on capital that you as the shareholder were sitting back here going, wait a minute, you're spending all this money on capital. It it would be like building a a, a car facility to produce a million cars Mm -hmm. when you're only driving a thousand cars. So they were wildly overspending on capital. And then you got some shareholders that came back and said, wait a minute, you can't be spending willy nilly. We need to get some payback for the capital that we're risking by investing in your oil company. Uh, you, you know, and so now you're in a situation the last five years where they're actually being the stewards of their capital. The problem with that is that you're right. I mean, you know, then prices of their product have gone up and we're paying for the price of the product. Now I was on the call, uh, the Exxon Mobil call and it, it, you know, uh, there's a lot of things in the work. So one of the things that, you know, just to talk about gasoline prices, what ended up happening, created a perfect storm. You shut down the refineries, you sent all the workers home because of COVID nobody was really driving their cars. Well, then they started driving their cars again. It takes anywhere from six months to a not to nine months to get the refineries back up. Cause they gotta be, uh, re-permitted. Uh, they've gotta be tested. If you're, uh, not to get into how gasoline made, but basically you're you know boiling stuff at super high temperatures and pressure. You've got to test all those systems because you don't want to flip the switch, turn it on, and have the place you know blow up on you. So there's a ramp up time to start those factories, gasoline factories up, which they which happened. Well, you know the the the, the uh, CEO of Exxon was like. People have to understand, we also had a moratorium on refineries for about three years. He's like in, by 2023, 2024, there's three major refineries that are coming on that are going to produce more, you know, gasoline, diesel fuel, et cetera. So we're we're kind of in that bridge mode. Um, and and you know, the question is if you really wanted to bring down the price of energy, uh, what's the number one thing big companies love? Tax cuts. You got it. Tax, Tax cuts, exactly. So,
1: well, that, that doing- is, okay. So that's, that's actually that's a great point. Taxes. Um, actually, I do I do want to get to taxes, but I want to ask one quick question on oil. Um, they I do want to also make note they a price of barrel a price of a barrel of oil. Easy for me to say was negative in 2020. Yep. Right. So yep. they lost they lost so much money. It yep. makes sense they need to make that money back. Right. Yeah. That that's just like again supply demand and supply chain. Right. Mm-hmm. But how do you? How do you make sense that, you know, they got to do all this, they lost all the money, and it's going to cost more to get it back. If it, with the inflation, shouldn't it cost more to produce? So it doesn't make sense that they also have record profits, all-time highs. Yeah. So how, how do they have all-time highs if the cost to make it is so much more? That, that well, that's a question across the entire economy because there's a lot right. of corporations that have all-time highs, price hikes. Right. So how can you say that's not a form of price gouging? Well, if it costs more to produce and to get yeah. out there, you should see profit. But record profits? Like how, do you, how, how does both of those things, polar opposites, happen at the same time?
0: Well, the the big thing in the oil industry is again they're not spent they're not burning through cash flow mm-hmm. like they were before building new plant equipment drilling etc you know they 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 pulled back their capital spending you know dramatically and so they're now they're making more money even if the labor costs are up but i mean you know to drill an oil well you know, costs about $10 million. And they were literally drilling thousands of oil wells. And they're like, okay, we're not going to do that anymore, because we already got thousands of oil wells out there. So we don't need to do that. So again, back to your point about debt, uh, you had oil companies issuing debt right and left, having to service that debt, because they were drilling and making plant and equipment, etc. Well, if you're not doing that, and you don't need that much debt. Well, then your profit ends up going up and that's why they're having record profit because they're not issuing so much debt that they have to service. So I, I, you know, I think we saw this back in the eighties, like after the disaster of the seventies and the oil embargo, et cetera, oil companies really took a huge hit. And then in the eighties, they came back pretty strong but you know through the 2000s oil companies everybody wanted and and this is what's fascinating about my job is to watch the sector rotation you know from big cap and tech now we're going back to oil you know and 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 you know where the profits are so you know that's really what I do all day is I'm I'm looking at clients portfolios and saying okay what kind of money manager do we want to hire are we value you know more value right now and actually value tends to be overweighted in banks and energy, or do you want to be in growth, which is in, you know, technology stocks, et cetera. So, uh, you you know, one of my other theses is is that, uh, you, you know, again, right now, I think technology is deeply oversold. We could have probably a vicious bounce over the next couple of months, but you know, there's all, we see the same thing happen with investors. Investors get an idea and all this money goes to large cap growth core types of stocks. And one of my other theses is is back in the 1980s, one of the best performing sectors was small mid cap stocks. Reason being is that if you're a company and you wanna build a, you know, you're, you're like, hey, we need another division. It's gonna cost us 2 billion to build this division. Well, wait a minute, we can buy that company for a billion. All of a sudden, one of the other earmarks of the 1980s was tremendous mergers and acquisitions. I think we're on the cusp of that again. I think you're gonna see some companies merge that you will have never believed we're gonna merge. Um, and, and I think it's gonna happen in the next couple of years because in, in an inflationary environment, it's cheaper to buy somebody yeah. than it is to build that plant and equipment is what it ends up being. And that's what kicked off the 1980s. I mean, you know, people need to Google Michael Milken, the junk bond king, because Michael Milken was like, hey, if I buy this company and I, you know, uh, for 40 cents on the dollar and I break it up, it's worth 120 cents on the dollar. Wow, all of a sudden you saw companies merging and, and you know uh, getting together and guess what? Beneficiary of that was A, the shareholders and a lot of uh, the employees at the companies became rich overnight because they held employee stock and their company got bought out and all of a sudden their net worth doubled or tripled. But I think the other thing to do a circle back, which I learned from my sister-in-law, stand-up comedian, Tell so tell the joke at the beginning, then you tell a long story, and then you come
1: back to you come the joke. Back and
0: you get the punchline. Right, you get the punchline. Um, I think one of uh, wh- why it's very important for people eighteen to thirty five is you're going to see the largest transference of wealth ever.
1: I mean, yeah. the baby boomers is are. a, is a few, is know, a few trillion.
0: Yep. Yeah, and and so you know, and and we're seeing it already. I mean. Uh, In our practice, in the last two years, we've seen some major estates uh, end up getting transferred to, you know, much younger people, and it's a little scary. Of course, everybody does the same thing the minute they get the money. They either buy a house, they improve their house, you know, but I I keep telling these people, you have an opportunity here to set up the education for your kids and set up your retirement for the future too. Um, and, And I think this transference of wealth is is you know people are really not focusing on that tidal wave that's been happening, and it will do nothing but accelerate. But again, here's a circle back: if we move politically more to the center, if we have more libertarianism from a political standpoint, where people say "leave me alone," uh, if we have a portfolio of of uh, energy rather than focusing on one particular energy you know product out there. Uh, I, I see nothing but upside.